Hello and welcome to Embassy City Church Podcast. This is a place where all people can experience the love of God through the Word of God. Our prayer is that you will be inspired and transformed. Thank you for joining us today. So we're talking about pop culture, right? We're talking about this this idea um, that kingdom culture and secular culture are different, um, but they aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. Like you don't have to uh, stay away from one because you're a part of the other. You can engage culture without being engulfed by it. So that's kind of where this preface is today. And I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to share a message with you today entitled, Let There Be Light. Let there be light. Can y'all pray with me? Can we pray? Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity um, to stand up here, God, on our home court, on our home stage, God, and share with all of us. God, speak through me to everybody in the room. God, I pray that people uh, would get refreshed, restored, encouraged, saved. God, whether they're serving, God, whether they're, they're brand new and it's their first time and everybody in between. Um, God, just touch this word, anoint this word, and let it be for all of us in the room today. In Jesus' name, somebody that believed it said... Come on, somebody that believed this said. One more time, just make some noise for Jesus if you're ready for what he's about to do. Um, Genesis chapter number one, we're going to start in the beginning. Because the beginning, you, you, you want to see, see how everything started. You always go back to the beginning. That's what I was always taught, right? So um, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Devontae Tidwell. I'm really just your little brother, your nephew, you know, any of that. Like, this is home, home court for me. So, hey, we're going to have fun. It's just going to be family talk, all right? All right, cool. I want to read from verse 3. It says this, Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light, period. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed. And morning came, marking the first day let there be light now how many people grew up in the south just show hands in the south okay how many people did not grow up in the south show hands all right we're about 50 50 i like that so when I, so there's a song though if you've been in church for any amount of time goes a little something like this if you know it you got to sing with me okay and this little light of mine uh-huh Oh, look, see somebody, y'all, you can tell who's from the South because they always put that extra at the end of that, I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> I'm going to let it shine. Let me, those are the people that grew up in the South, all right? <laughs> and you really know who grew up in the South. I grew up in a Southern church because this little light of mine got personal real quick. Like when you get after that first verse, you're like, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. And then, that, you know, you go everywhere I go. I'm gone. Then you get to the third verse and they, when I'm with them kids, I'm gonna, like, whoa, like, you just put your whole, like, you, you all right? Like, you, 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 you sure you okay? Because this got real personal. When I'm on that job, like, we, we were supposed to be happy and, like, now you, you up here voicing out your, your frustrations up here on stage. But that, that let my light shine, this old school song, this song that nobody can tell you how long ago it was written, but somehow we all learned it, we all know it, right? That's because I think it attaches to something on the inside of us that is an instruction. Letting our light shine is not 
only something that we boast about and that we're happy about because we know the Lord, but letting our light shine is an instruction that we've, get, that we've received. So I got three points today, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about light versus darkness. So I became a lightologist for this message. Y'all, y'all laughing. I'm telling you, I went to all kinds of stuff to look up because I failed physics. So I had to like go back and read some stuff. I became a lightologist for this message. So point number one, I want you to write this down is get the light. When we're talking about being light and darkness, when we're talking about being separated from culture, but being able to impact it, when we're talking about engaging culture, but not being engulfed by culture, the first thing you got to do is get the light. Babe, can you can you bring me the, the props? I always leave my props and stuff down on purpose so I can, you know, have her walk up here to give it to me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I noticed, um, I don't even know what this looks like, but it's a flashlight, right? This flashlight, you know, it's a, it, we agree that it's a flashlight, correct? But it's already formed to be a flashlight, but it's, it's not functioning like a flashlight. It, it, I mean, the, the switch is on, but it's not operating like a flashlight. This is where we start our walk with Christianity. Maybe you don't know Christ yet, and this is where you are. You... You don't realize that you already are a a, a tool to spread light. But I've come to tell you today that you are already formed, but there's something that's missing. There's something that's got to go on the inside of a a flashlight for for it to start working. That's because you were formed... But you weren't fully functional until you get filled. Let me, let, me, let me bring it to the Bible for you so that you truly understand. Because in the beginning, when God made man from dirt, we were made from dirt. But it didn't say that we had life until he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. Otherwise, you are formed... But you aren't fully functional until you get filled. So when we're talking about point number one on how we get the light, you have to be filled. You have to have a power source. That power source cannot be you. That power source has to be Christ. That power source has to be the Holy Spirit that that fills you up because there's something else about light. Remember I told you I became a lightologist, right? Light doesn't only show forward, right? Light is also warmth. If the sunlight stopped today, everybody on earth would freeze. Not, we wouldn't just be in darkness. We would freeze. Our function would stop because we no longer have any light source. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then he said, let there be light. Here's what I find funny about those those verses, because I don't see where he said, let there be dark. When did God create the darkness? Darkness didn't have to be created. Darkness is not a substance. It's the absence. Okay, we're going somewhere now. You get where I'm going? 
Darkness is not a substance in and of itself. It's the absence of light. Here's the issue. The darkness in the world is dark because there's an absence. Your job feels a little dark because there's an absence of light. Your your, your house feels a little dark because there's an absence of light. So you have to get the light first. And here's how you do it. This message is a little bit backwards because normally people would preach and put this kind of point at the end so that it could lead up to the altar call and you would give your life to Christ. And it's like, you got the light, 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 light. You got the light, 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 light. Go out there and be the light, light, light. But I want to do this a little bit backwards because you have to get the light in order to get to the next point. Can we can we go a little bit deeper? I want to I want to I want to teach you something else about darkness. We know that darkness is the absence of light. It's not a substance in and of itself. But let me give you another fun fact about light. Did you know in light that humans rely on their sight? Wow. So profound, right? No, that's not. We all know that we rely on our sight. That's our first sense that we go to when we have light in a room. But did you know in darkness, your body changes and and, and your default changes? So in darkness, you cannot use your eyes. So your body defaults automatically to your ears. I wonder if that's why we walk by faith and not by sight because we're in a dark world. Because the Bible that I read says that faith cometh by and hearing by. Okay, so wait, now let me put this together. So we got darkness that we we go to automatically and we have to hear. And we walk by faith and not by sight. And faith comes by. But we, we default to hearing in the dark. The reason that you're having trouble trying to navigate through the darkness is because you're using the wrong sense. It, it, it does feel dark at work. Because that's what it looks like. It, it does. It doesn't make sense at that school. It is dark. That's what it looks like. But if you rely on what you hear, you can navigate and, and, and follow something. It's sort of like this game that we used to play in the pool. Marco. Y'all all can't be polo. Like, I can't all go to the same. I, I, I'm going to be lost. But that's how it works. See, in this dark world, you have, you have your, your, your sight. You can see, but you don't have vision. It, it's, it doesn't really match up. So you're moving around, and you're shouting out spiritually, Marco, and God is like, Polo. And you, Marco, Polo. Okay, he's over here. He's over here. And then you look around, and now you can engage the darkness because you have navigation. You have your GPS. Your GPS isn't what you see. It's what you hear. So the next time that you're in this spot and you're at work and you're on this job and you're home and everything feels like it's dark, I want to challenge you to ask yourself, what am I hearing in this season that will help me get to where God wants me to go? Listen, point number two, you got to be the light. Point number one, you get the light. 
so that you can hear and navigate through the darkness. But next, you got to be the light. Be the light. I want to read something else in the scriptures to you. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. I think they're going to put it up. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Light, after you get it, it's a little bit different in the spiritual realm because you don't just get light, you become it. The reason that this message is titled, Let There Be Light, is because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we already talked about, like, where, when did he say darkness? He didn't have to. He created light, but he didn't create the sun till day four. He created the light, but he didn't create the sun until day four. I believe that in this season of our life and everywhere that we go and everything that we're doing, God is still saying, let there be light. You want me to tell you how I know? Because if you are the light of the world and we were made in his image, the reason he could speak light and not have a son is because he is light. Therefore, if we're made in his image, then we are light. So every time somebody else gets saved, we need to celebrate because some dark area just got a little bit brighter. <laughs> you get where I'm going? He stay, you know what, I, I feel like, I don't, know, I don't know if you ever heard this before, but I felt like the Lord gave me this revelation. It's like when everybody gets saved, when somebody gets saved, it's like he's saying, let there be light. Over and over. And when you got saved, let there be light. When your family got saved, let there be light. Why? Because now as you become the light, everywhere you go gets lit. Uh, let me take a moment and pause here because some of us are in a spot where we have that flashlight. And you're like, Devontae, I hear you, man. It's cool. But I feel like my light started to dim a long time ago. Like, I know the light is there, but it's not, it's not powerful enough to do anything. I mean, I've been in the dark so long. Like, what is my little flashlight going to do in a stadium? Let me give you some encouragement. A light that flickers is still functioning. A light that flickers still has its purpose. A light that flickers is not all the way out. It's just flickering. And sometimes that just means you need to change the batteries. Because if you, you, you may have a battery that's about to go out and the other two are strong. You may have batteries that are on their last legs and you just need to get a refill. Here's the great thing about the Holy Spirit is he'll refill you as much and as many times as you ask him. So, yeah, you may feel like your light is a little bit dim, but let me encourage you, a light that flickers still functions. If all the lights were off in here and there was one small light flickering in that corner, all of us would still be able to see it. So I don't care where you find yourself or what you've been feeling like you're going through. Your flicker is still a purpose. Your flicker is still a function. Your flicker still is beneficial for somebody else who needs to navigate because they haven't touched into faith yet so they don't know how to hear and navigate through the dark because they're still relying on their sight. Because they haven't gotten saved and your flicker can still be their beacon. 
the light. Be the light. You don't have to do anything else but be light. You are already called light. He didn't say you will be. He didn't say you might be. He said you are the light of the world. I feel like there's a lot of people in the room who are like, you know what? Man, the light, the light stuff is cool. Your lightology is great. But what about when somebody who had the light was the person that hurt me? What do you do when the light that you were following is the same light that led you astray? Let me encourage you that sometimes our lights are on and they mean something different. Because if you go out to the street and you stop and you look, it's all powered by the same source, but the different colors represent something different. You can be at a stoplight. And it's plugged into the same source. It's getting the same electricity. But when it's red, it means something. And when it's yellow, it means something else. For y'all in Texas, yellow means speed up. <laughs> nah, don't, don't play. Y'all be yellow. <laughs> like green means go, red means stop, yellow means hurry up before you get to red. <laughs> but our lights mean something. You can have a light on and still misinterpret the signal. Yellow light drivers. <laughs> Regardless, you're supposed to be light because the people that are to understand you and the light that God has given you will benefit from the direction that you're going in. Christ, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Why? His light was good enough to lead you. If somebody just got saved... I don't know if I would jump into them on a lesson on the end times and eschatology just yet. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know if their signal is bright enough for the direction that we need to head in. But we can both acknowledge that we have the same power source. So those people that had the light that hurt you, let them go. Forgive them. They got the same source. They just make the wrong decisions. And sometimes their light flickers just like yours. But regardless, you're supposed to be the light be the light it's so funny man that when I come in and I find myself on a stage like looking out at all these different people and everybody has like this this natural vibe right my, my generation we, we go off of vibes this vibe but everything's a vibe right and everybody has a different vibe everybody has a different light but because we're all connected to the same source, we can come in here and have all different races and ethnicities and backgrounds and some people from the north and some people from the south and some people that seem this little light of mine regular and the other ones that put a little extra on it. And we could come in and it still means the same thing. Because we're all being the light. Tim said last week, he said, we have, forgive us as a church because we haven't done a good job of equipping you on how to use your light. We come in here, we want everybody to get saved, saved, hey! And then we don't tell you how to go out and, and, and use it. So the third and most important point of this message is spread the light. Spread 
the light. Under that, I want you to write this statement down. God gave you light not to expose, but to expand. I'll say that again. God gave you light not to expose, but to expand. This stage right now is well lit. And you can see me because all of these lights have expanded your line of vision on this stage so that everybody in the room can see me no matter what angle I'm, I'm, I'm walking towards or away from. When we're talking about spreading the light, I want to read something that Paul writes that's really profound. That's probably going to mess up your theology a little bit, especially if you come from a really religious background. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19 through 22. It says, even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to. I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew. To bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I'm not subject to that law, I did this so that I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I was with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from the law so that I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weaknesses. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find a common ground with everyone doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Here's the part that frustrates me the most about about culture. I, I used this statement earlier in the message is that you can engage culture without being engulfed by it. As a matter of fact, I'm engaging culture right now. I'm 25 years old. I'm up here in sneakers and a, and a hoodie and layers. That, that is a, a, a kind of outfit from my generation. I'm engaging culture that does not make me less effective. As a matter of fact, if we're going off of what Paul is talking about, it in essence actually makes you more effective. I don't know where we got this idea in the church that Christ was not relatable. Because the last I checked, he put on skin to come down here and let the humanity that he created kill him. He put limitations on <laughs> so that you and I and our ancestors and people all the way back could put more limitations on him and kill him for us. As a matter of fact, they wanted Jesus' head so long because he was consistently meeting with sinners. You're eating with sinners, Jesus? You're a rabbi. There's a story in the Bible where he heals a leper. And the Bible didn't... Now, Jesus has done a lot. He's, he, he's opened blind eyes and, and opened deaf ears, and he's spoken words, and people have been healed and gotten up from the dead. But here's something interesting about the story of him healing the leper. Jesus goes up to this leper, and he touches him. Now, if you know anything about leprosy, if you touch it, that, that's how it transfers. Why did Jesus touch this leper when he could have just spoken a word? Touching was forbidden. Touching was against the grain. It was because the word that he spoke after he touched him healed him, but the touch identified him with the leper. 
He wanted everybody to know that I'm not afraid to touch something I shouldn't in order that it may be healed. If we're going to live our lives as an example and after the example of Christ, we got to be afraid to touch some stuff. That we we don't really know how we feel about touching. We got to be able to talk about some stuff that we don't know how we feel about talking about. We got to be able to identify with some people that we don't normally identify with. You got to have some friends that have a different lifestyle than you. When we're talking about spreading this light, you can engage culture without being engulfed by it. I want to challenge you and ask you a question. Does your dinner table look like the diversity that you claim that you want? Or or, or do we go and get big and bad on Twitter and Instagram and social media and talk about how we need to have a conversation about diversity? Are you having a conversation about diversity at your dinner table? Does your living room look like the picture you claim that you want to paint? Because Jesus is dead. His disciples had all kinds of backgrounds. You had fishermen's. Fishermen's. <laughs> That's that southern, this little light of my eye. No. You had fishermen. You had, you had everything from all different social, uh, uh, socioeconomical backgrounds. You had people that followed Jesus. You had somebody that would betray him. And he knew that and walked with him all the way up until that time. Because his camp, his troop, looked like the diversity he claimed that he wanted. It looked like kingdom. We cannot look like kingdom if we only have the people who have already been accepted into the kingdom around us. You think you look like kingdom because everybody at your table is in the kingdom. No, you look most like kingdom when everybody at your table is not. When you have black and white and Asian and Muslim and you have Christian and you have and you have Jewish and everybody is sitting there. We're all breaking bread and we're having a good meal and we're just having a good time. That's when you're able to develop impact. There's a story about a time in college. At this point in my life in college, I was wilding out. I was completely out there. Drugs, sex, alcohol, but there was something that always kept me close to Christ. And one of the guys that I was purchasing these recreational drugs from was in my class and we became friends. And because we were friends enough, he allowed me to have a conversation with him one time in our dorm. And I had a conversation with him and I don't know what compelled me, but he was like, no, I'm an atheist. And after a conversation for an hour, He was like, you know what? He was in tears. And we were talking about faith and we were talking about some of the stuff that happened in his life. And I was pointing to him and say, hey, man, like, I don't really have an explanation, but I think that's God. And he had tears in his eyes. He said, man, I don't. I I know I'm not an atheist anymore. I, I, I know there's a God. I just don't know which one to believe in as he's crying. But it was because I had a relationship with him. That he was open enough to at least listen to what I had to say. Is he saved now? I don't know. But I spread those seeds. (laughs) When I got my life together, I I was like, hey, man, look, I know this. I know this. I know this God guy. (laughs) I know you don't believe in God guys and guys like that. But there's this God guy that I know that helped me. 
And maybe you should, I mean, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot. I can't argue with you, but, you know, because the reason that we're afraid to spread light as Christians is because we're afraid that we're going to get out debated. We're afraid. How many times do you say, man, you know what? I just don't know my Bible enough. No, I grew up in a house where politics and religion were off limits. You don't talk about that. People can argue with what you know all day, but they'll never be able to argue with your experience. You do, you know a whole lot more about this Bible stuff than I do. I'm new. But I do know that I was taking, I was taking night, I was drinking NyQuil like it was Kool-Aid to go to sleep. And I don't have to do that anymore when I met this Jesus guy. I, I, I do know that I was finding myself and medicating myself with all different kinds of, of women and drugs and but I know that I don't have to do that anymore because something in my soul feels complete. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know where this falls in line with history and what year this was written and why this made it here and how it got through the Roman government. I don't know. But I know that I tried it and it worked. And maybe, maybe if you take off your limitations just a little bit and just try it, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. That's how you spread the light. You spread the light first by getting it. You spread the light then by being it. And then you spread the light by sharing it. I want to encourage somebody in the room to turn your light on. Some of y'all have the light. Some of the batteries are already in there. You just haven't turned it on in a long time. You've been the only Christian at your job for seven years. And every time you talk about it, Kathy turns her nose up and, and gives you the shoulders. Some of y'all have been in the dark so long that you don't remember what your light looks like. You couldn't tell me what color it is. Turn the light on so, because you don't know who you have the power to impact. What if, what if your light is the only light somebody else will ever get to see because they're not coming in the church? The church hurt them. The church hurt their parents. What if you're the only Bible they ever get to read? Your life. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Because even the smallest amount of light can still be seen in the dark. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you in this message? For some people in the room, he's telling you, you need, to, you need to turn your light back on. For some people in the room, he's like, hey, I understand that person with the light was the one that hurt you. But you hurt somebody too. And you're going to hurt somebody else. Forgive them and let them go. And continue to be the light. So that the people around you get a chance to see until they get enough faith to hear. Jesus died on the cross so that you could have light. So that you can be full of this warmth that comes from light. You can be full of the beacon of light that helps not only light up a path, but helps others follow you. 
I love this about Jesus. That he's willing to put his brightest of light in the darkest of people. Like me. Like some of you. And if you take a brief inventory of your past, that may be the one thing that you've got in front, like you got your hand in front of that flashlight. It's like, no, I'm, I, I've done too much to let my light shine. I can't. They're going to think I'm a hypocrite. But you can change in an instant, man. You don't have to string 18 good years under your belt before you say, oh, you know what? My light is on. You can get saved today and walk out of here and be light today. You can be light at your brunch table. You can be light on your job tomorrow. And they're just, Kathy, the same one who was shrugging her shoulders, is just going to be like, you know what? I don't know what's different about you, but I like it. I want to pray for a few different groups of people in the room. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on our church, please go to www.embassycity.com. We would love to hear from you. Our prayer is that you have been inspired and transformed. Have a wonderful day and come back again.